superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I am Ryan, warmly joined on this Thursday morning, as I always am, by Andrew Erickson and Derek Brown. Fellas, it is week 15. The fantasy playoffs are here in most leagues. Even if they're not, then you're in the stretch run of trying to make the playoffs in your league, and we are here to help. No preamble. Let's dive right in. Week 15 must start players, starting with the running backs and starting with Debra. Starts. Oh, dear Lord. In the year of our Lord, 2023, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott, but and this is where we're at. It is what it is, man. Zeke crushed, and we just needed to call what it is. He was the RB one overall last week, and he looked good. Like I, I, I can't say anything. I know I, I gave him a lot of shade on the on the shows and the waiver wire and all that kind of stuff, but he actually looked like he had some juice. Eighteen percent missed tackles forced per attempt. Hit two point seven yards of the contact per attempt. He totaled twenty nine touches and one hundred and forty total yards, and he's primed to do something similar again this week Kansas City Chiefs run defense has been terrible man so I think New England just feeds and feeds and feeds him this week and if he can hold up to the volume Zeke is going to eat yet again yeah Erickson what do you what do you make of Zeke I mean the the volume numbers kind of are what they are it's hard to argue with right yeah and I mean look as someone that watches the Patriots very closely every single week like Zeke when Ramondre was still healthy like Zeke was playing pretty well like on a per touch basis, like he has been efficient this year for the most part. And now that he's getting a lot of the volume, it's like he's their offense. <laughs> like he's the engine of their offense. And I can't be looking up and be like, yeah, Ezekiel, the engine of the Patriots offense, three and three and 10 squad. Just, it's just very bizarre, but you can't argue with the volume. You can't argue with the matchup. Again, just a matter of how many points are the Patriots going to score? Like he's not guaranteed to score a touchdown, but the guard should be there. And if he's catching passes, that gives him a really safe floor. Debro, if you are putting Zeke in your lineup, what like scale of one to ten? What are your like positive vibes level? Like, are you feeling good about it, or does it feel gross just given his age and recent history? So, I w- I want to tell you nothing. Most people are gonna go to the gross factor here. I actually feel pretty damn good about it, man. Like okay. the volume's gonna be there. I mean, to be honest. I look at Zeke the way that I, I like to me, that just makes me sad that we don't have Ramondre like that because of injuries that was stolen from us. But I feel the same comfort level right now, putting Zeke into a lineup considering last week's performance as I would starting Ramondre Stevenson. Like what else is different? He's going to get 20 to 25 touches. He is going to get a ton of checkdowns. We saw that last week. And if he scores Yahtzee, he's top five, he's top 10 again. If he doesn't score, he's still going to be an RB too. So I feel pretty good about it, which is honestly kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, all right, Erickson, give me your uh, first must-start running back. Going to continue to ride the usage here with Zach Moss. Look, that's all I can tell you because he's seeing crazy usage every single week. He just has been running really cold when it comes to touchdowns. He scored a touchdown last week, but he got called back due to a penalty. So he has 15 red zone touches over the last two weeks. He has zero touchdowns. 
Uh, but he still saw eight targets last week, caught four for 28 yards. Look, I just think that you have to continue to look at the usage. I mean, look at the Steelers. I mean, who just had a great game against the Steelers? Ezekiel Elliott, because he got volume. And a week before that, who had a great game against the Steelers? James Conner. Why? Because he got volume. Like, so Zach Moss, again, John Taylor's not going to play in this game. He's the strict bell cow. He's been down the last couple weeks, but all indications are, hey, this is going to regress positively for him about just based on the amount of red zone touches he's seeing in this offense. Again, he scored last week, but got called back due to a penalty. Eventually, that's not always going to be the case. So I'm going to continue to lean on Zach Moss. Yeah, Debra, you are a bit lower on Moss than Erickson is, um, who's ranking him very aggressively. You are below consensus, though. I've got him at RB19, and when I looked at him writing up the primer, the concerning thing for me with Zach Moss is just how inefficient he's been over the last few weeks like looking at zach moss's tackle break metrics it's it's honestly like the volume is definitively there i i i can't say anything else about that but if you look at zach moss since week 13 zero goose egg explosive runs he's only forced missed tackles on three percent of his volume he has 2.06 yards of contact per attempt like all of these numbers are pretty pretty damn bad so I I hear the 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 volume conversation and I totally understand that. Um, and could he burn me because of that volume? Absolutely. My pause on Moth is, I I I don't know if the volume's caught up to him at this point of the season because he's not breaking tackles of the last two weeks, and that's what I think has really crushed him over the last two weeks. The efficiency we saw earlier in the season and he was breaking tackles like crazy. He's not doing that now. Can Debro? Can you just wave the white flag for Zach Moss, please? Oh, yes, yes. For those that need Zach Moss. I'm here for the people. I give up on Zach Moss. I give up. The white flag is raised. We're pulling it to the top of the mast. I give up, people. So I I, I cannot play Zach Moss. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for being our hero there, Debra. Let's let's stick with you for your next must-start running back. Oh, man. Uh, The guy that I'm going to talk about here, and and I know, or at least I think Erickson and I are going to divide on this a little bit, is Keaton Mitchell, man. Uh, if you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars run defense over the last few weeks, they have not been as good, not even close to as good as they were to begin the season. Since week nine, Jacksonville is allowing the highest explosive run rate in the NFL, the fifth highest rushing touchdown rate, and the third most missed tackles per attempt. So all of this screams efficiency, 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 efficiency. And the trend line for Keaton Mitchell is not good. Like it was going up and we're all feeling great and grand. And then the last week happened and then his snaps go down and I'm like, "Eh, it's not great. But if we're talking about a guy that's going to be working on limited volume, like Keaton Mitchell, even in the best circumstances, what are we talking about here? 12, maybe 13 or 14 touches. That's about it. So we're going to bank on the efficiency. Everything I'm looking at for the Jacksonville Jaguars says that they are going to give up big runs in this game. So that's where the path to success for Keaton Mitchell comes because we know the volume's not going to be there. I just need him to be efficient as all get out with the touches that he does get. And I think he can do that. Erickson, you know, a little spoiler alert coming up on the must sit show today. You've got Keaton Mitchell in that list as well. So going head to head really directly against Debro here, uh, Keaton Mitchell, are you just, you know, what are you missing on him? I guess. I just, I mean, I just disagree with the matchup. I mean, I don't think it's a good matchup. Like, I get, like, they've given up a couple explosive runs. Chase Brown had a big run against them. But, you know, Jerome Ford had 51 rushing yards last week. Kareem Hunt had 27. 
Joe Mixon had 68 yards on 19 carries and he scored two touchdowns. Is Key Mitchell going to score two touchdowns? Like Derrick Henry had under 40 yards against them. Like Devin Singletary had under 20 yards against them. Like they've shown plenty of signs of being able to, the, the thing is like, they're better. Even if they have shown some weakness against the run, they're significantly worse against the pass. And what did we see from this offense last week for like, why isn't Lamar just dialing up passing attempts and just ripping the team to shreds? Like, that's what I think their game plan is going to be. I don't think they're going to need to rely on Keith Mitchell as this uber efficient running back. And what's his touchdown equity? I, I just don't see a scenario where, oh, unless Keith Mitchell again, I mean, he's explosive running back. Could he rip off a 60 yard touchdown? Yeah. But I don't want to bet on that on my fantasy football playoffs when there's no floor attached to it. So that's why I'm not as high on Keaton Mitchell. And again, where do you have him ranked, D-Row? Because we talk about this when we're disagreeing on players, and then it's like, oh, we're like three spots a difference. Like, um, where do you actually have Mitchell ranked? I've got him at RB26. So, yeah, so somewhere not, in the RB3 range. Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not insane. I have I'm him, not I pushing have him, RB, him over the volume with RB30. Hubbard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's like... So we're, yeah. I think when, outside of the ranking conversation, when you talk about, okay, who because Keaton Mitchell is going to be a flex play for people. When we get into the flex weeds and it's like, I'm going shooting for upside and I need upside from that spot. That's where I think the Keaton Mitchell outside of the rankings conversation comes into play where it's like, am I going to play him versus another running back or a wide receiver? It's like, if I'm shooting for upside, I'm going to go with Mitchell. It's hard to believe we are this deep into the NFL season. We've got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. We are at the time of year where we've got some Saturday games to watch this week, plus a couple of standout games on Sunday as always. The week finishes particularly strong with Cowboys-Bills Sunday afternoon, Ravens-Jags Sunday night, and Eagles season. Seahawks on Monday Night Football. DraftKings has Dallas getting a point and a half on the road in Buffalo in what should be the game of the week. However you plan to bet that one, get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details and state specific responsible gambling resources eligibility and deposit restrictions apply bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms erickson hit me with your next must start running back uh antonio gibson i don't think brian robinson's gonna play you know he opened this week with a hamstring injury that he suffered the last time we saw the commanders play they went on bye week he comes out doesn't practice so i don't think he's gonna play in this game so for me, that makes Antonio Gibson a must-start option as a top 24 guy. He's a three-down skill set. I get the matchup's not great against the Rams, but I'm chasing the total in this game. Like, this game has a massive total. We should see plenty of passing attempts from the Commanders because that's literally what we see from them all the time. And there was a stretch of games where Antonio Gibson, even when Brian Robinson was still active in the lineup, Gibson was getting absolutely peppered with targets and catches. He had... Three straight games with five catches. 
And the last two games, he had three catches and four receptions. So layering in, okay, he has a pass catching role. Then you're going to layer in any extra rushing production that he gets, any extra red zone usage that he gets. I think that he's a viable option this week with a guy with three down skill set. And it doesn't even matter what happens in this game. Like if the commanders jump out to a lead, okay, Gibson's getting the ball. If they fall behind, Gibson's getting dump off passes. So I really like Gibson as a spot here. I want people to be forward thinking when it comes to don't expect Brian Robinson to be available. Like, look at Antonio Gibson on your roster and be like, hey, this guy's going to be the starting running back for the commanders this week, and I should view him as a top 24 option versus my other options on my team. Deaver, Antonio Gibson is RB35. Is that too high, too low, or just right? I think I will. If Brian Robinson is out, then I think it's just right. If Brian Robinson's active, then I think it's it's too high. Uh, I, I have no faith in Antonio Gibson. Like, I understand the points that Erickson makes, and the only thing that keeps resounding in my head is that Jason Momoa meme where, like, he's sneaking up on um, on Henry Cavill, and, like, I, I just think of Chris, Chris Rodriguez as, like, I'm coming for those touches and touchdowns, baby! Like, that's all I can think of right now. All right, Devo, give me your next must-start running back. Well... Alexander Madison's probably not going to play this week, boys. We're firing up Ty Chandler. And this comes down to, again, we're talking about injuries and volume opportunities. Ty Chandler is going to be the guy. Canadian Wangwu probably plays. He probably spells him some, but he's not going to factor in for a heavy amount of touches. And you look at the Bengals, you can run on the Cincinnati Bengals. Since week nine, eighth lowest stuff rate, 11th highest missed tackles per attempt. So Ty Chandler might not be the sexiest name in the world, but as long as Alexander Madison is going to be out this week, Ty Chandler is going to be a top 24 back. Erickson, where do you have Chandler? Um, I have him in the thirties, but I agree that he would be ranked higher if Madison is ultimately did Madison not practice the first yeah, he, week. He is not, he's not practiced at all this week. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if he, yeah, if he's out, yeah, I'll rank. Ty if Chandler he's out, like higher. I've got him at RB 40 right now, just because I, I want to see him ruled out, but I'm saying right now, if, if we know that Madison is out, I'm moving Ty Chandler up to RB 20. Yeah. I would, I would probably move Ty Chandler ahead of like Gibson. So I would move him into the top 24. So like him, him or Javante Williams, Erickson, where are you going? I would still start Javante. All right. Erickson, give me your last must start running back. Uh, more of a deep play if you're looking for a flex. Uh, Tyler Algier, look, he is viewed as their closer. Like, that's how they like using him. They don't use him in the first half of the game. They use him in the fourth quarter. And if they're trying to kill clock against the Carolina Panthers on the road, Algier is going to get the rock. And the Panthers are just one of the worst defenses against the run. So I think that if you're hurting at running back, you've had some injuries, you need an RB2 slot. I think that Algier, who's available like on a lot of waiver wires too, just because he got dropped, um, I think that he's a deeper play um, just given how good the matchup is. Yeah, actually, I want to pull up and see what his availability looks like. Uh, while I do that, Debra, what do you think about Algier this week? Uh, I think Algier's fine. I mean, I'm getting all choked up sitting here thinking about Arthur Smith <laughs> and his his usage of running backs. It gets to me sometimes. But looking at Tyler Algier, I mean, the, the thesis of the play is absolutely right. Like, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are winning this game. And if you're looking at a guy that could sniff 12 to 14 opportunities in positive game script, Algier does fit the bill. So... I probably need to move him up in my ranks. He is 49% rostered in Yahoo and 39% rostered in ESPN. So he very likely is available. Uh, and, in, and he's in just league. like a good handcuff to own. Kate, Cause the Falcon schedule is so good. And if Bijan were to get hurt, like, Oh yeah. Algier yeah. should needs to be on every roster. It, especially like, even just been, for the handcuff. Yeah. I've been telling this people all week. Like as soon as you get to there's a, there's no more buys would be you're in the playoffs. Like, 
your bench should be as high upside as possible at this point because you're trying to win a championship. I mean, you don't need to have this like great startable depth that has a low ceiling to get through the bye weeks. That's done. So a guy like Algier, if he's available, you like he is the type of guy you want on your bench this time of year. Let's go to the who do I start tool, guys. This is free to use for anybody at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there, put in their own starter sit questions, up to four different players at a time, which is a really nice feature. You can even pick and choose which experts your decision draws from. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. The who do I start tool. Debro, are you starting Zeke Elliott or DeAndre Swift this week? Man, I'm going Swift. That's really close. That's honestly... That's a lot closer than I thought it was going to be, but I'm going Swift. How about, well, actually, since that one was so close, Erickson, what would you do there, Zeke or Swift? I'm going Zeke. I, I just think that, like, Swift, like, like the matchup is good, but his role is not good. Like, he doesn't get a lot of targets, and he doesn't have touchdown equity. Even on, like, he's on the one of the mm-hmm. best offenses of the NFL, and he doesn't score touchdowns. Like, I get Zeke doesn't have a lot of touchdown equity either, but at least you know he's going to get the ball if the Patriots get to the red zone. Like, like he's going to score. So, Zeke matchup is just as good but zeke's getting all the volume and getting all the high value touches where swift is not so i'm going with zeke could we get jalen hurts to shove swift in the end zone once or <laughs> twice like could they design that that'd be nice well that was i i have no idea who did this but shouts to them somebody edited the um talladega nights where he's like hey maybe i could finish first a couple of times john c <laughs> riley and will farrell's like yeah but then i wouldn't finish first and it was like jalen hurts and talking about the tush push with uh with deandre swift it was an amazing meme so whoever came up with that it's glorious sh- shout out yeah. to you that was that was perfect um d bro keaton mitchell or ty chandler which i wrote before you talked uh, about both those guys so it sounds like you, you have a clear preference there yeah, assuming it's, it's ty chandler out. and yeah. then it just it goes down to the volume he's gonna get all the touches yeah it's gonna be chandler yeah um would Jalen Warren be over both those guys for you? Ty Chandler would be over Jalen Warren, and I've actually got Jalen Warren. I, I think Jalen Warren and Keaton Mitchell are, are a very similar conversation. I've got Warren one spot ahead of okay. Keaton Mitchell, but I mean, if you were to tell me, if anybody wanted to say, look, like I'm going to play Mitchell over Warren, I'm not going to push back because over the last few weeks, Najee Harris has been getting all of the red zone work. Don't know why it's happening. Just throwing it out there that it is happening. All right, Erickson, Zach Moss or Austin Eckler? Zach Moss. And you have Zach Moss. It's showing the site top five this week. Is that still the case? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just look at the usage. He's got 15 red zone touches over the last two weeks. Like he's he's going to score eventually. So, yeah. Tyler Algier or Zach Charbonnet? Uh, Algier. Mm. Um, and then since Gibson's still in the more of the like RB3 range, just give me some interesting names you're starting him over. Um, I would start him over Edwards Hilaire. I'd probably start him over Jalen Warren, James Conner, Jerome Ford, Keith Mitchell, AJ Dillon. What about Gus Bus? Guys? You going yeah, Gibson over, over Gus, Gus Bus? Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the must start wide receivers. Debra, starting with you. First guy I got to bring up, and uh, we're going to go down down the list a little bit. A guy that hasn't made noise recently, but I think he comes back in, in a big way this week. People need to get Josh Downs into the lineups. I think Michael Pittman is going to get a shadow for Joey, Joey Porter Jr., who has been electric this year. He has been, you can make a really good case for Joey Porter Jr. If it's not him, it's Legereus Sneed, who have been the two best shadow corners in the NFL this year. He's just playing out of his mind. So I think Pittman gets erased from this game. Um, and that says a lot. Like I, I'm deciding like how low do I want to put uh, Michael Pittman this week? 
But looking at the the matchup for Josh Downs, they turned Patrick Peterson into the slot corner. So you're telling me Josh Downs and his speed can't burn Patrick Peterson at this stage? Uh, as well as since week nine, Pittsburgh has given up the fourth most PPR points per target to opposing slot wide receivers. Josh Downs is going to lead the Colts in targets and receiving production this week. You need to get him into your lineups. Where do you have him ranked? Because he's ranked uh, wide receiver 43 in half PPR in the consensus. That is way too low. I've got him in wide receiver three range. Josh Downs is wide receiver. I got him at wide receiver 30. So I will play Josh Downs over Drake London, Deontay Johnson, Adam Thielen. Let's go, baby. Giddy up. And Erickson, you are even higher on downs this week in the rankings. Oh, baby. Yeah, wide receiver 20. I'm getting that that notification every time. It's like, you are X amount spots higher than this player. Are you sure you want to submit your rankings? I'm like, yes, I do. Because it's <laughs> Josh Downs, here week, baby. Like, <laughs> Let's go. Erickson has conviction. That's, that's for sure. Uh, Erickson, who's your first must-start receiver? Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Uh, I think that this is a great spot for him uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. You're looking at the weakest part of this Eagles defense. Again, it's been a defense that wide receivers have been scoring fantasy points left and right against, but they're allowing the most fantasy points per game to slot wide receivers. So again, we're always talking about these rookies that break out in the second half of season. JSN has been heating up in ter- Like I absolutely love what we've seen from him. He has over 20 targets over the last two weeks. Like he had eight targets last week, 23% target share coming off an, a game before that where he had 11 plus targets. He led the team in targets for the second straight game. Again, he's coming off a down game. He only had four catch for 25 yards, but the usage was there still 71% of the snaps ran a route on 79% of the dropbacks, both increased from the week prior. So this rookie's hitting up and the matchup screams that you need to start Jack Smith and Jigbo. So again, he's definitely someone that you haven't been starting every single week. You've kind of been holding on the bench, hoping you get a, a late season surge I think it starts now. So I'm I'm trying to find ways to get JSN into my lineup. To Erickson's Deeper. point, the great thing for JSN uh, since week eight, 32.6% designed looks. So Seattle is like, we are going to get the ball in your <laughs> hands, baby. Do we... Are we are we maybe overreacting too much to some of the like underlying metrics as opposed to the actual production? Because like if you look since week eight, like Debro just said, wide receiver finished 33, 24, 39, 50, 63, 31, 55. So you're not actually getting the fantasy points that you've needed. Well, Worm, he did catch a touchdown against Dallas, but he it did. was overturned. That's true. It was that's a touchdown. Like, that, that, that's what I mean. It's just like stuff like that. So it's like. In the in the final box score, that's not going to be there, but that's why we go dive deep into these deeper metrics being like, hey, he had 11 targets. He actually caught a touchdown and would have had a much bigger game. And last week, again, Drew Locke was the quarterback. Like, that's a, a big difference between him and Geno Smith. So, look, I, I just think that the spot here, I mean, he can be a potential league winner. Like, he's got the Eagles this week, then the Titans, then the Steelers. Like, we just talked about mm-hmm. how much we love Josh Downs because he's the slot guy. JSN's yep. a slot guy. So, I say right now, like, you jam him in your lineup and you do not move him until the end of the season. Here we go. Yeah, I, I'm with you moving forward on, on how it looks. I just, I, I, speaking for the audience, I think it's hard to say, oh, this guy's heating up when he's only gotten into double-digit fantasy scoring Again, once in the last six weeks. he caught the touchdown. That was the week he did go into double digits, so it doesn't even, it would still be only once in the last six weeks that he was in double digits if he had caught, if that touchdown had counted. But, Such um, a hater. 
such a I, hater. I'm a believer going forward. Like I said, I'm just I'm trying to speak for the audience here. Uh, let's go to yeah, don't, now. Don't come at me with your dynasty offers for JSN. I uh-huh. I, I see. <laughs> I, I can't see remember that. You, you didn't want to trade for Puka, and that's on you. Um, you you that you know that train has left the station. We're not going to talk about your price tags, okay? We're going to leave that out of this. <laughs> it show, actually right? would have been a reasonable price tag now. Hey, we're looking back. Yes. <laughs> to your point. To your point. Yes. I just, back, I, just gonna... <laughs> I knew what I had. I. Famously, I'm the puka guy on this show. So. Yeah, it's fair. The juice uh, is real. Let's, let's go now to our Miller Lite. Here's to what's next. Must start player of the week. Debro, who do you got? Oh, man. Um, my guy is going to be Odell Beckham Jr. And I was touting Odell's praises in the week prior, and I'm going right back to the well and that's because the matchup baby going against the jacksonville jaguars they've allowed the fifth most ppr points per target to opposing wide receivers since week nine obj 23 percent target share last week he's crushing man and at look highest snap rate since week eight last week so I, we're just gonna we're gonna stay in the flames we're gonna ride the lightning we're going with obj now, we know Odell's dynasty value isn't much of anything given his age, yeah. but as our here's to what's next player this week, what do we think of his finish to this season rest of the way? Where are we ranking OBJ rest of the season with huge matchups coming up against the Jags, 49ers, and Dolphins? It's not an easy finish. It's not an easy finish. I think that considering the offense, considering how well, and we talked about this before we turn the uh, cameras on how well Lamar is playing because he is playing out of his mind, dude. I want the possible wide receiver one, maybe the wide receiver two, you know, however you want to dice this up. I want those guys attached to Lamar Jackson. So OBJ, he's going to be in that weekly wide receiver three, wide receiver four conversation, depending on the matchup. He's wide receiver 42 in the rest of season rankings. Erickson, where would you put him? Kind of what range? Probably in wide receiver three range. Yeah. Yeah. I I think wide receiver 42 is too low. I think he's getting healthy. Like you said, the offense is playing really well. Um, they're going to need to score in games against San Francisco and Miami. So I, I think he's going to have a really strong finish at the season. I don't know if I would like slap the league winner title on him, but I think he, he's a guy I want to be starting the rest of the way. If, if I can find room for him with a Miller light in your hand, winter doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time to get Miller light delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash fantasy pros. That's MillerLite.com slash fantasy pros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Erickson, give me your next must start receiver. All right. Well, because I need to please the box score. Worm. I'm going to go with the guy that actually has been producing the last couple of weeks. Rashi Rice for the Kansas City Chiefs, another rookie wide receiver. You look at his last couple of games, he's gone over seven receptions in three straight games. He's gone over 60 receiving yards in three straight games. Like the Chiefs have no wide receiver they can trust that's not named Rashi Rice. So I think that he's going to continue to be the focal point of the Chiefs passing. And you look at what the Patriots traditionally do, they try to take away your number one weapon. They know that's going to be Travis Kelsey. So they're going to try to throw everything at Travis Kelsey, which I think should let Rashi Rice see the majority of targets in this offense. Again, the Patriots don't have a good defense against wide receivers, especially ones like Rashi Rice. They're allowing the third most fantasy points per game to perimeter wide receivers. That's where Rice is mostly deployed is out on the perimeter. So I think that it's a good matchup for Rice. The production is there for Rice the last couple of weeks, and his usage has also been increasing um, he's seeing highs in snap share in terms of route participation because the Chiefs are trying to get the ball to nobody else besides Rice and Kelsey. 
And just given the matchup against the Patriots, I think Rice is going to be the guy that sees the most volume after he saw 10 targets last week. Wide receiver 23 this week in ECR. Too high, too low, or just right, Erickson? That's too low. I mean, the too last low. three weeks, he's been 4, 26, and 12. So 23 is at his lower range of outcomes. When I just talked about the matchup, the matchup's good. And the Chiefs are not they're not going to score zero points. I get their offense has struggled, but I mean, Rice has been a target machine. He has nine plus targets in three straight games. Like I would argue that he should be higher. Like he should be more in the conversation of like a wide receiver 15. Like, wh- like why is this rookie someone that we're looking always oh, a blow in wide receiver mm-hmm. two when the production says that's like his floor. Um, I think that he's a great player. I like, again, like another player that I'm trying to find ways to get into my lineup. I have him right next to Zay Flowers. Like they're both rookies and they're both the number one wide receivers on their team. So why not? And they both have good matchups. Yeah. I've got Rice at wide receiver 17. I'm right with you, Erickson. Deeper, you've got another rookie here you want to talk about. I mean, anytime we can talk about Derry Bell, Debo Samuel, we have to, right, baby? Like, come on. Jane Reed has been crushing over the last few weeks. Since week eight, he's wide receiver 20 in fantasy points per game. He's getting rushing attempts. He's scoring rushing touchdowns. He's getting target volume. Um, and he's gonna he's gonna crush again this week. Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't stop anybody. Carlton Davidson's banged up. Jamel Dean's banged up. Even when they have been playing, they haven't been good. They can't stop anybody via the slot. J- Jaden Reed could score twice in this game, once on the ground and once through the air, and nobody should be surprised at all. You need to play him. We talk about how many rookies have we just mentioned on this show? This is the time of year when the rookies take flight. They are the picks that you make in the beginning of the year, and you're like, yeah, oh, do I drop him? What do I do? I can't start him. These are the guys that are going to bring you to Titletown, baby. Like, they're driving the freaking bus right now. Jane Reed, JSN, Rasheed Rice, giddy up. Uh, was limited in practice on Wednesday. Is there any concern there, Erickson or mm. Debra? No, I mean, uh, he's been dealing on and off with like little dings. I mean, if he he's limited in practice, if he if he gets a DMP, then I'll I'll, I'll raise the flag, but not yet. He has a he has a functioning hamstring, which Christian Watson does not oh. have. So yeah. uh, I'm just going to think Jane really. Okay. Oh, oh, don't yeah. take shots at my man's like that. <laughs> oh, oh, Erickson, oh. Uh, give me your last must start receiver. Okay, oh. must start is probably a little aggressive, but I want, again, <laughs> I want to talk about a, a deeper play um, because it's it's do or die if you have this guy, if he's available. You need you need upside. I think Jerry Judy has upside this week. Um, yes. He saw six targets last week, had 20% target share. He had 77% of the air yards, and he had basically all the makings of like a great game, and then just totally spiraled out of control. Like he didn't get his second foot in bounds. And they were talking about the touchdown to Cortland Sutton was actually a play. Sean Payton said after the game, the play was actually designed to go to Jerry Judy. But when Russ is just like scrambling, he's like, you know what? Where's Cortland Sutton? Like, that's where I have to throw the ball to. So Sutton's on 10 touchdowns, but Jerry Judy should see some positive regression. He only has one touchdown this year. His expected touchdown output is four touchdowns. You look at the Detroit lions, just an awesome matchup. They rank first in terms of red zone touches allowed to wide receivers this season. Again, all reasons why you should be starting Cortland Sutton, but all reasons why, hey, if this game shoots out, you might see another Denver Broncos wide receiver actually do something that's not named Cortland Sutton. So you're already starting Sutton, but I think that Jerry Judy is a deeper play. If you're a big underdog, you know, you're the eighth seed facing the number one seed this week and you need upside like off the waiver wire. You don't like your flex play like 
Jerry Judy could potentially be that guy because he's probably available on a lot of waiver wires after disappointing. But last week, all the usage was there for him to have a big week. It did not come to fruition. But in an even better matchup against the Detroit Lions, I think Jerry Judy, who again last year was in a similar situation where he had all this regression kind of like building up and then he scored three touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. So in this spot where the lines have been really bad, particularly against number two wide receivers, that's Jerry Judy. I think this could be a big game for him of basically his one big game, you know, of the season. My bowl call huh? of the week, Erickson. I put it As- in the bowl calls article. 120 how many and 20, t- baby. <laughs> on, how boy. many times this season do you think Jerry Judy has finished as wide receiver 24 or better? Zero. Zero. It, it is. How many times do you think he's <laughs> gotten into double digit scoring in half PPR? Zero. Two. Four. He's at, he had 11 fantasy points in week he's three been, I, and 12 I, 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 in week I know eight. he's been bad. He's been I know. Bad. It's, just, it's just funny to say, oh, high upside guy. The most he scored this year in a game is 12. And we're in week 15. So, yep. but, but again, it's like I, I get there. The, the matchup is there. If we're ever going to see a, a, a game where the, the Broncos are forced to pass more, it would be against yep. Detroit at four field. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm not even necessarily disagreeing with you. It's just funny to look at a guy like that game log and be like high upside guy this week don't worry worm his box score is gonna look good I'm this just, week okay i'm just asking questions here guys uh d bro <laughs> josh downs or jsn this week downs Erickson, <gasps> i forget if you said this during your segment but who who would you side with there downs or jsn i actually have downs ahead too i have downs ahead for too. Yeah, i was like don't <laughs> give me your fake scoff i know i know uh, d bro odell beckham jr or tyler lockett this week Oh, I'm going Lockett. I think that game shoots out. I'm just going to play. The, I'm gonna play the total and play the game. Lockett is ranked higher in ECR by about five spots. Um, I, I would probably take Odell there, but um, I, I mean, think if you were to tell me Odell outscores him, I'm not going to yeah. be surprised. Yeah. Um, Jaden Reed or Zay Flowers. So many good pieces for, for Baltimore and so many ways of the touchdown. Let's go Jaden Reed, baby. Let's go Jaden Reed. Erickson, JSN, or Noah Brown. This is, I would say, assuming Stroud plays. JSN, it's not even close. JSN. Uh, Rashi Rice or Cortland Sutton? Ooh. I have Rice one spot ahead, so. (laughs) It's a good one. Okay. I think I have them them hugged up as well. Oh, I've got got Cortland Sutton one spot ahead. Yep. Uh, Jerry Judy or Elijah Moore? Dude, Elijah Moore is never going to happen. So Jerry Judy, Judy. let's go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know that I would feel good about either of them, but uh, that's fair. No, I mean, it's, uh, like, it's like the whole like, it's like Gabe Davis or Jerry Judy or a bunch of a boom bust guy. Like that's, that's the play yeah. here. And just like, Hey, you got to call your shot. Yeah. And this is the spot for Judy. Yep. Uh, bro must start quarterback tight end and defense slash special teams. Well, talked about Derry Bell Debo. We're going to go this quarterback, Jordan Love, baby. Uh, since week nine, Tampa Bay has allowed the fourth highest yards per attempt, the most passing yards per game. So Jordan Love looked shaky last week. He's going to get back on the good foot this week. Uh, the tight end we got to bring up here. There's so many good tight ends and really good matchups this week. Logan Thomas is the guy. Uh, you look at the Rams. They have not been able to stop tight ends all year. They're allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game and receiving yards per game to tight ends. And again, talked about this, or I'm going to talk about this here in a little bit. Uh, we need to put some respect on the bears. Defense since week 11 DST three and fantasy points per game, baby. Let's go. Monsters of the midway are back. You need to start the bears and they're, they're out there everywhere. Like I was looking at them earlier in the week. They were below 
10% rostered in most leagues. Like, what are we doing here? Like, people are like, do I play the Raiders? Do I play the Chargers? Do I play the good, good game? No, you play the Bears. Play the Bears. Debro, how many of these quarterbacks would you play over Jordan Love? Fields, Howell, Wilson, Goff, Tua. Fields, I think Fields is the only one. Yeah, Fields. You'd have Love, love over it. Sam Howell, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, and Tua? I do. I have uh, I have Justin Fields at QB7, and I have Jordan Love at QB8. And now, if you were to, where I think the, the the delineation should be is Jordan Love versus Matthew Stafford. That's a really good conversation this week. Before we move on with the show, let's take a second to talk about Air MedCare Network. We talk a lot about what makes winners on this show, and there's one thing that all the teams, coaches, and players have in common, preparation. Planning is key in everyday life, too, and a great way to be prepared for the unexpected is to join Air MedCare Network, America's largest air ambulance membership network. Air MedCare Network providers operate state-of-the-art helicopters that can respond to critically ill or injured patients who need emergency medical transport. These flights can be very expensive, but as an Air MedCare Network member, you won't see a bill for your flight only when flown by one of their providers. That's right, you would pay nothing. You can become a member of Air MedCare Network for just $99 per year. And right now, our listeners get up to an $80 MasterCard or Amazon e-gift card when they join and use offer code fantasy pros that's fantasy pros with no spaces make financial peace of mind part of your game plan visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash fantasy pros uh erickson give me your qp t-e-d-s-t getting all those words out at once kyler murray is my must-start quarterback i Ooh. i was surprised at like how low he's in he's like ecr like 16 or like 15 i got him at like, 17 so i need i need to hear this case i, I don't tell me like, okay he's a number one well he's a mobile quarterback so that mm-hmm. automatically puts him into consideration to be a top 15 quarterback anyway the 49ers have faced the nfl's highest pass rate we already talked about or we're going to talk about how james connor is not set up for a smash spot here against the 49ers defense so what are they gonna do they're gonna throw the ball a ton and you look at Kyler Murray in his home games this year he's gone over 250 passing yards in both games he's averaged 19 points per game at home and this is coming from my betting perspective but the games that have played in arizona this year are perfect six and oh towards the over like these games are shooting out every single time that teams play arizona because arizona plays way better at home so i don't think that it's just going to be all oh, the foreigners just go in there and just steamroll the cardinals yeah they're going to score points but i think that the cardinals coming off a of bye week are going to score points too so give me kyler murray who i think is super undervalued based on his ability as a rusher and as a passer coming off a of bye week playing at home. So Erickson, I, I think is, it's way is Kyler going to, or is Arizona going to become the new Coors Field for you? No, Ford Field is <laughs> the only Coors Field for me, but they are in the running for uh potential uh Coors they're, Field. Of they're the Coors Field football South. <laughs> West. <laughs> no, West, West. not okay. South. <laughs> All right, who's your tight end in defense? Uh, Tucker Craft is my tight end. Nice. Uh, just playing the matchup here against nice. the Buccaneers, allowing six most receiving yards per game to tight ends. And Tucker Craft actually led the Packers in receiving yards last week, 64 yards on four catches, caught all of his targets. He had four targets. And he also played 100% of the snaps. So Tucker Craft comes with a super high floor. He's playing every single snap, and the matchup is there. So I, I like Tucker Craft, especially if Christian Watson remains out the Packers are down a couple of their receivers so I like him in this spot as a streaming tight end and then DST I do like the Bears a lot as well um but the Los Angeles Rams again they're playing the Commanders or or yeah they're playing the Commanders and 
Look, Sam Howell takes a lot of sacks. They're number one in the projections this week, and then you can ride them throughout the rest of the playoffs because they can play the Saints and then the Giants the next two weeks in the fantasy postseason. So if you're looking for a defense to kind of ride the rest of the way, uh, the Rams can potentially be that for you. Kyler Murray or Jordan Love? Kyler Murray. Uh, And then I'm asking you this one. Okay. Why, why is that like like I don't understand like I I, I guess I'm out on like left field by myself here. You are. I think you are, I mean, you, you are well ahead of consensus on Kyler. I tend to agree with you, Erickson, that I think he's way undervalued at QB 15 is where he is in ECR. But I I do like love a lot too. The next one I was going to ask you because I already know the answer. Looking at your rankings, Kyler Murray or Patrick Mahomes? Kyler, and like he's a he's a mobile quarterback. Yeah. Like like that's like the and, and that gives him such a high floor. And then you're adding in all this additional passing volume that he's going to get playing the 49ers. I, I'm with I, you. I, I mean, I, you look at the guys that are ranked like directly ahead of Kyler this week, like Trevor Lawrence. I'd rather play Kyler. What? Uh, like Trevor Jared, Lawrence would not be over him. Jared Goff, Tua, Russell Wilson. I get like those are I the names I'm, that are. I guess I'm going all ahead in on Kyler. Kyler Murray and DFS this week because nobody wants to play him. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, you should. I'm right there with you. Uh, let me do a quick recap here. Uh, we are starting Zeke Elliott, Zach Moss, Keaton Mitchell, Antonio Gibson, Ty Chandler, Tyler Algier, Josh Downs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashi Rice, Jaden Reed, Jerry Judy, Jordan Love, Kyler Murray, Logan Thomas, Tucker Craft, the Bears defense, and the Rams defense sits. It's the must-sit players of Week 15. And as we always do, we'll start with the running backs. Erickson, who you got? I'm going to sit Keaton Mitchell this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I don't like the matchup. The Jaguars are one of the better teams against the run this season. And the the usage has been trending okay for Keaton Mitchell. But even like last week, he's still splitting carries with Gus Edwards in the first half. He had three carries. Gus Edwards had two. We saw Justice Hill actually play the most snaps in the game. So a lot of these running backs for Baltimore, it's really dependent on like, okay, like how is the game flow going? Like if they're up by a lot, okay, it's probably going to be Gus Edwards. If it's more back and forth, okay, Justice Hill plays a lot of snaps, so he doesn't get a lot of touches. Keaton Mitchell is my highest ranked Ravens running back. So if you have to start one, like he would be the guy I would lean towards, but it's just not a favorable spot where his usage hasn't been good enough even after the bye week as the best running back on the Ravens to really, hey, this is a smash spot for him because it's not. Like the matchup warrants, hey, running back in a committee in a bad matchup, probably want to shy away from Keaton Mitchell, even though he's been trending relatively positive in the last couple of weeks compared to the rest of the Ravens running backs. How wide is the gap for you between Keaton Mitchell and Gus Edwards in the same backfield? I mean, it's only a couple spots, uh, and that's just due to Gus Edwards just has the touchdown equity, where if he scores a touchdown, he's probably going to outscore Keaton Mitchell, but... Mitchell's probably a safer bet when it comes to his total rushing yardage props, his receptions, his total touches. If you look at the rushing attempts that some of the books have put out, it's like eight and a half for Gus Edwards. It's nine and a half for Keaton Mitchell. So they're kind of throwing their hands up being like, hey, you want to guess which guy's going to get more attempts? (laughs) Like, good luck. So, uh, again, I just would be very, I'm not bullish on either guy, really, especially just given the the tough matchup because the Jaguars will sell out to sell the run. Like, even how badly they're second. That's why I love them are in like the passing game and the passing weapons in this matchup. Don't like the running backs. Debra, who's your first must-sit running back? Man, the guy that I brought, I talked about last week, Worm, that's Jerome Ford. Uh, he had a good week last week, but we are off of that this week. I mean, you look at the matchup. I mean, the Bears have just been electric. They've been amazing as a defense, and they've been stopping the run all year. Like, that's nothing new. 
So Jerome Ford facing this this run defense. I mean, since week nine, sixth lowest explosive run rate allowed, 11th lowest rushing touchdown rate allowed. So even if you're saying, okay, well, he's not going to be that efficient, maybe I can bank on the touchdowns. I don't think the touchdown's going to be there either for Jerome Ford. So I would be going other directions because he's probably, I mean, come on. At, at this juncture of the season, he's probably, I mean, maybe you're stuck with him as an RB2, but if he's your flex option, I'm going other directions this week. He's been really consistent. I was actually surprised, like, pulling up the, the game log to see what the numbers have been. But since the bye week in week five, there's only been one week where he hasn't been between 10 and 16 points and half PPR scoring. So he's been in that, like, RB17, RB23 type range for a really long stretch here, and that's been sort of matchup dependent. So is it just that the Bears are that good of a matchup that it scares you off? Or that bad yeah. of a matchup, rather? No, it's absolutely that. The Bears are that bad of a matchup. And I think, like, I mean, we're going to talk about multiple Browns in the show, but I think this entire offense, you need to have concern about them because the Bears have been amazing, like, as a pass defense, as a run defense. Joe Flacco has been playing some really good He's had some really good matchups so far, so they've been able to move the ball either through the ground or through the air. I don't know if that's the case this week. Erickson, it looks like you're in the staff rankings, uh, actually a few spots lower on Ford than Debra is, so you're kind of thinking the same thing with the matchup? Yeah, uh, not a matchup against the I mean, I just don't like this game environment in general. And Jerome Ford, like, look, we have all the teams playing this week. So it's like, yeah, you talked about how Jerome Ford has kind of been that steady body, okay, like in that RB17, RB24 range. Okay, well, there have been teams on bye weeks every single week, basically. So now you bump that down. Okay, now he's more of an RB3 play, and we're in the playoffs now. So, like, RB3 production may not get it done for you to come away with a win this week. Like, you got to play your best guys, and Jerome Ford, more often than not, it's probably not going to be your best guy and best option this week, even as, like, a flex play. He's definitely more of a floor guy than a ceiling play. And, again, if you're a dog as one of your matchups, like the eighth seed, like, playing Jerome Ford's probably not going to help you. Yeah, that's a good point on the no bye weeks. It's great for fantasy managers. It's bad for fantasy analysts who have uh, more work to do. Let's go <laughs> to the next. Let's go to the next must sit running back. Erickson, who you got? Uh, Ken Walker uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles are the number one defense versus running backs in terms of fantasy points allowed to the position. And Walker still in a committee with Zach Charbonnet. Um, it, it, the usage was really weird last week. It was kind of like flipped where Charbonnet actually saw more carries and Walker was used more in the passing game. So ideally, if you're playing Walker this week, that's what you'd like to see again. But given what we've seen during the beginning of the season, where Charbonnet was the guy that was dominating all the routes. So I don't know if this was, hey, Charbonnet was less removed or less time removed from his injury and Walker was more healthy. So they just had him playing more snaps. I'm just very hesitant to bind. Oh yeah, Walker's going to be the pass catching guy in a matchup because neither guy's going to be able to run the ball effectively against the Eagles. I don't like that from a running back perspective. And when you look at Kenneth Walker's done, basically outside a 64 yard receiving touchdown, he had a few weeks ago. He's pretty much been doing nothing like half point finishes over the last five games, 30, 55, 55 and 33. And the RB five finish was when he had the 64 yard receiving touchdown. Like besides that one play, he's really done nothing for fantasy. And a lot of his, season-long stats are front-loaded based on all the touchdowns he was scoring at the beginning of the season. So Ken Walker, again, committee, bad matchup. Like, these are the spots you want to avoid running backs in. You're not seeing all the touches. You need to see the volume to get over the bad matchups, and that's not the case here with any Seattle running back. 
Yeah, qu- quickly, Debro. Um, just since there might be some people listening who are illuminated and just you know like the show, what, what's your standing on Kenneth Walker in Dynasty right now? Given all we've seen this year, oh man, he's such an interesting case. Like I was gonna say, like I had so many reservations about trading him away in so many leagues uh, to begin the year because he was just crushing. But to be honest, I mean, look. You're probably holding him if you got him. If you can lump him into a trade and get rid of him, I'm totally fine with doing that because, I mean, I I don't feel good about him. I mean, like, what's the read on the Seattle backfield both this season and next season? Like, could we see the the usage flip? Could, I mean, we don't even know who the, is Gino the quarterback next year? What does this offense look like? It's just a lot of question marks about Kenneth Walker. I mean, very curious to see where his dynasty stock goes next year, as well as where we're going to be drafting him in, in redraft ADP guys. Like we're, he feels like a guy that that's probably going to end up in that, like round five, round six conversation. I mean, am I wrong about that? Erickson, do you think he's going to, he, he goes a little bit higher than that? No, he's probably going to be a dead zone back. Um, but I, I think yeah, that's probably gonna be for the wrong reasons because at the end of the day, like we know he's good. Like, he is a good running back. Like, yeah. I don't think that's something that's up for debate. Obviously, like, the usage is going to fluctuate depending on how Seattle wants to deploy their backfield, et cetera, the health of their running backs. Like, the health thing has been a big thing with him. Like, he's been hurt the last two years, like, multiple points during the season, so that's always a concern. But there's no question that when he's in good matchups, he's super explosive. And I think that matters, especially when it's going to be him versus some of these, like, older, dustier veteran running backs that, quote-unquote, project for more volume. I'm going to be probably leaning towards Walker in those head-to-head situations. Feels like a guy who might be frustrating to roster next year, but then all it takes is one Charbonnet injury, and all of a sudden he's a you know lock-in top 10 guy again. So, um, you know, obviously that's a long ways away, but I was just curious your opinion there. While Ken Walker's fantasy stock has gone downhill, speaking of downhill, I've told you guys before that arguably the single biggest reason I moved to Denver is for the skiing. There's absolutely nothing I love more than getting a cabin in the mountain for a couple of days, heading up with some good friends and hitting the slopes. The only thing better, capping off the day with a beer, but not just any beer, Miller Lite, the 96-calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything winter has to offer. I've said this before, but if I'm ranking possible settings for a beer, that first post-shower, post-ski day beer is my 101 cracking that miller light just hits different of course if you're skiing with my friends that might not be your first miller light of the day more often than not we're cracking one in the ski lift as well getting up for early first tracks riding up that lift with a few miller lights stashed away in your pockets yeah that's always a good call so the next time you want to make the most of your winter memories whether you're at an ugly christmas sweater party enjoying the game with pals or sharing laughter on the slopes Live those winter moments with Miller Lite. With the Miller Lite in your hand, winter doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. That's MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Debra, who's your next must-sit running back? I, I, I need to bounce a question off you real quick here, Worm. That post-ski beer, does that happen in the shower? Because I'm a big fan of shower beer and shower bourbons. Like, just saying. <laughs> when it's been a rough day or, or you've shower been on the slopes. Bourbon. And... I, I have never yeah. uh, gone, gone quite that oh, far. Oh, baby. So, uh, life hack. We're going to go. We're going to go. <laughs> quick, quick story here. The, do you, have you ever seen the um, the little dispensers like that you can get that uh, can give you like dispense mouthwash, things like that? Yeah. You could set those up in your shower 
and I'm not going to confirm or deny whether I have <laughs> this in my house, but you could set that up in your shower and just pour bourbon in it and have it dispense shots, you know, while you're taking a shower. Just hypotheticals I'm throwing out This here. is very reminiscent of Kramer, like, cooking in the shower in Seinfeld. <laughs> and, like, ma- preparing a salad in the shower is uh, – it's, it's just not an area I think of for, for bourbon. Maybe I need to expand my horizons. But more often shower, than not, if, if yeah. I'm having a drink in the shower, it's going to be a beer and it's going to be a Miller Lite. Uh, usually skiing, though, it's post-shower. It's not during shower. Um, but, you, uh, you haven't lived – it's got to be in the shower. Just <laughs> maybe, saying. Maybe, just maybe I'll try there. that at the, at the Fantasy Pro Ski Trip this uh, this January. Uh, Devo, give me your next must-sit running back. Well, I don't even know if this guy needs to suit up the cleats. I don't even know if he needs to you know, worry about the post-game shower because he's not going to have a great day. Brian Robinson, man, even if he plays this week, and I know he's doing with a hamstring injury, if he plays this week, you got to sit him, man. The Rams have been a tough run defense uh since week nine ninth lowest explosive run rate and we've seen brian robinson like he's had some good games a lot of it's been volume driven or it's been good matchups and we've also seen him fail in great spots i mean a la the first time they play the giants so i do not want to play a dinged up brian robinson in a terrible matchup so no he's gonna stay on the bench this week boys now eric said it looks like you don't have robinson ranked is that because you're anticipating he doesn't play correct until guys practice, like prove to me that you're healthy. Like you don't deserve to be back in the mm-hmm. rankings until you practice. And the fact that they had a bye week and didn't practice, like that's the biggest red yep. flag you could ask for a guy coming off a bye week, not practicing right away. That usually means they're not going to play. So uh, I'll stick with you, Erickson, for your next must sit guy. I'm going to continue with the theme here of sitting committee running backs in bad matchups. Deontay Foreman took over or reclaim the RB1 duties for the Bears last week coming off of his injury, worked ahead of Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. Um, but that doesn't mean you should start him, even though, again, he's my highest-ranked Bears running back. It is not by a lot, and he's still ranked very, very low on the running back totem pole in the rankings this week. I mean, his ACR is still really low as well, but you just can't play him against the Browns, like especially playing the Browns on the road. Like The Browns' defense is beatable when they're playing away from Cleveland, but in Cleveland, like this Browns' defense is elite and no one can store points on them. So they've allowed the seventh fewest rushing yards per game on at home this season. Uh, and I just think that with Foreman not really seeing enough volume while splitting touches with Roshan and Khalil Herbert to some extent, like you're just hoping he falls in the end zone. And it's a game where the total's not really that high because we don't project a lot of scoring in this spot. And Justin Fields is always a candidate to run it in himself. So I want to get away from Deontay Foreman in places where I can. He's RB36 in half-point PPR, ECR. Is that too high, too low, or just right? Uh, I mean, I think it's just right. And again, it's 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 telling because he's a starting running back, and he's RB36. Like, like he's like on the bottom of the RB3 tier. It's like, hey, you're literally only playing him unless you have no other starting running backs on your team. I know I have a dynasty team where I'm looking at Deontay Foreman versus Josh Kelly in my lineup. Yes. But, well, <laughs> Foreman's getting the nod because I lost. I, I don't know if Pacheco's going to play. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that's that's kind of where I'm turning to. So, yeah. Deeper, it looks like you're even lower on, on Foreman. Uh, so I, I he was dropped in ECR a little bit. I just adjusted my rank. I've got him in the same kind of – it's in the same area code. Like I've got him at RB29. I think that he's going to be an RB3 for me this week. Now – where he kind of falls in that ilk of RB3s is still left to be uh, decided. But somewhere in the mid-RB3 range, I think, is right. Debra, who's your last must-sit running back? 
Oh, man. Uh, last guy I'm going to talk about here is James Conner. And James Conner, I'm going to be below consensus. I'm going to make sure I'm below consensus. Because what are the Pats? Like, we talked about James Conner previously on this show. And, okay, like, whoa, he went out against the Steelers and he scored two touchdowns and he had a lot of volume. Okay, that feels like the outlier. If you look at the rest of the season for James Conner, and this is not a James Conner problem. This is an Arizona Cardinals problem. They're not giving him enough volume on a weekly basis that we can count on. He's not getting pass game usage. And if you line all that up with this week, San Francisco is a really stellar run defense, man. Since week 10, they've allowed the fourth lowest missed tackle per attempt rate, second, and they had the second highest stuff rate. So in a game where I just think the 49ers are going to truck stick the Cardinals in this one, Kyler Murray's not playing good football. The 49ers are rolling. Their defense is top shelf. If James Conner's not getting checkdowns, if they're in trail mode, he's not going to score touchdowns. I mean, what are we talking about here, guys? Like he's an RB3, and there's a bunch of RB3s that I would rather even start over James Conner this week. So it's just not a spot or a player. And I hate it because if you look at all of his efficiency metrics, James Conner's blowing the doors off, man. He's playing really good football, but the Cardinals are simply just not using him enough, and the matchup's terrible. Yeah, uh, you said uh, if they're trailing. I, they will be trailing. It would be stunning yeah. if, if they won't be trailing this this entire game pretty much. So I, I'm in lockstep with you. I, I'm actually surprised he's even ranked as highly as he is um, You know, in ECR. He's RB26. I, I think there's definitely going to be 30 guys that I would rather like you guys said, there's no bye weeks this week, so there's more options. I, I don't think he would be inside my top 30. I don't have to do rankings, so I, I can say that and not uh, you know have to put my uh, my money where my mouth is. But um, yeah, I just don't like the matchup at all. Erickson, what do you think about Connor? Yeah, no, I mean it's it really depends on. Again, I don't know what the status of like Demarcado. I know that he got hurt before their bye week and he was operating on third downs, but. Even if he doesn't play, like Michael Carter has been kind of like dabbling in on third down. So that's like the concern, obviously, in a game where you're projecting the Cardinals to be trailing. It's not a positive game script for James Conner, who got his, you know, he delivered for the Steelers or against the Steelers because they were winning in that game. And he was able to run the ball effectively. So if he's not catching dump off passes. Then it's going to be a, an uphill battle for him. Demarcado limited on Wednesday with a neck issue. So maybe he plays. We'll see. Let's use the Who Do I Start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody can head there, put in your own starter sit questions up to four players at a time. You can even pick and choose which experts your decision draws from. Again, this is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. It's the Who Do I Start tool. I will throw some name comparisons your guys' way. Erickson, Keaton Mitchell, or AJ Dillon this week? God, AJ <laughs> no. Dillon is like... I, I just like laugh every time I look at AJ Dillon's like his his uh his scores because it's the same thing every single week. It's like RB24, RB24, RB22, RB29. Like, you know what you're gonna get out of AJ Dillon? Like you're gonna get like RB2, RB3 production. So there is some safety to that, but then you have to look at the matchup and it is definitely worse because it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for some reason, AJ Dillon just can't ever find the end zone. <laughs> so in this case, I would probably lean on Mitchell as more of an upside play just because he's more explosive. He plays on the Ravens offense. I think the Ravens can put up more points just overall against the Jags. So I actually think that in my rankings, I actually do have Mitchell one spot ahead of AJ. Yeah, one spot ahead of AJ Dillon. So again, Dillon definitely comes with more of a floor, um, but Mitchell, I, I want that upside in the playoffs. 
He's also one spot ahead in ECR, so it's kind of a similar range there. Also in that range is Kenneth Walker. So I'm going to ask you Kenneth Walker or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's right behind those guys in ECR. Uh, I'm taking Edwards-Hilaire. As long as Pacheco's out, um, I know that Edwards-Hilaire kind of split usage with uh, Jarek McKinnon. But look, the Chiefs, if they're winning in this game, I think that he has more touchdown equity. Uh, I think that he still gets the touches inside the five-yard line, where McKinnon is just kind of like more of the red zone guy. Like when they're inside the 20, he gets more of these, you know, passes out of the backfield. So I'll lean on Edwards-Hilaire on the Chiefs offense. Deontay Foreman or Gus Edwards? Uh, Gus Edwards. Just I think he has more touchdown equity. I'd rather bet on the again betting on the Ravens offense to steamroll the Jags versus the Bears on the road against the Browns. Yeah. Debro, Jerome Ford or Najee Harris? I'm going Najee on this one. Um, I think the Steelers learned their lesson like last last week with Trubisky. They decided the one they wanted to pass the ball and run fast at the beginning of the game. Mike Tomlin's going to be like, uh-uh, I watched that game tape. We're not doing that again. We're going slow. We're going to feed Najee. We're going to feed Jalen Warren, and we're going to try to grind out a win. So the matchup's pretty good for Najee, so I'm going to go with him. How about James Conner or Jerome Ford? Oof. All of my least favorite things. Uh, I'll go Conner here uh, because Conner at least doesn't have to deal with Kareem Hunt possibly vulturing a touchdown. And then assuming that he plays Brian Robinson or Antonio Gibson in the same backfield. Woof. Uh, give me B-Rob. I have I have no faith in Antonio Gibson at all. Like, I've, I have I get it. Like, uh, he, he's been in the primer <laughs> every week this year. But uh, I don't like it. Don't like him. <laughs> he's, done, right. he's done nothing all year. Yeah. Let's move to the must-sit wide receivers here. Erickson, starting with you. Drake London. Uh, I don't care what he did last week because that was last week and this is this week. And the matchup is totally different against Carolina. This is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That is a pass funnel. Carolina is a run funnel. And they have a very underrated secondary. So with the Falcons playing on the road against a defense that Arthur Smith can game plan, knowing that I can run the ball 40 times if I want to and win this game. Like, I do not have to have Desmond Ritter drop back to throw five or ten times at all in this game. He doesn't need to throw the ball to beat the Panthers on the road, especially with actually there's projecting for some weather in this game as well. So I think that, yes, London was so great last week, but that was because of the matchup. And he is a matchup dependent wide receiver. As good as he is, you know, when he came down with that deep ball from Ritter in the second half of last, I was like, oh my God, dude, Drake London is that guy. But in this spot where in week one, he had zero catches against the Carolina Panthers. Like no one's going to be surprised when we look up and be like, wow, he was a bust against Carolina because the matchup does not dictate starting him. So it seems crazy to bench a guy that had about 170 receiving yards last week, but it was against the Bucs. And this week is against the Carolina Panthers. And it's not like London has been this super consistent wide receiver in fantasy because he's attached to Desmond Ritter in an offense that wants to run the football. So against the Panthers, especially on the road where London has been putting up worse numbers, he's only gone over 50 yards on the road twice this season in six road games. Uh, I've got to sit Drake London. Yeah, Debra, you're actually more in line with consensus. Erickson is well below ECR on Drake London. Uh, you're just like, is you're not buying in solely based on last week, right? You just kind of maybe like the matchup better. What's your reasoning there? Uh, I think, I, I mean, there's only so far down that I can get him. I mean, I think like he's in that wide receiver three ilk. Um, just it's a bet on talent. But I, I mean, I'm with Erickson overall. I mean, I'm not 
massively in love with Drake London. I, it, the closer we get to Sunday, I will double check ECR. And if I'm in line, I'm going to bump him a few spots below that because I agree with everything Erickson said. Debra, sticking with you for your first must-sit wide receiver. Oh, good Lord. What has been the roller coaster ride that has been Calvin Ridley all year? It's been good. It's been great. It's been terrible. You don't know whether to put your arms up and go, wee, or vomit in a trash can. It's been <laughs> horrible, man. I mean, you're like, do I start him? Do I not? Oh, great. I didn't put him in my lineup this week. And he goes off. It's been horrible. I do not think he goes off in this matchup, man. And, and Worm can attest. Baltimore Ravens secondary is hashtag good at football, baby. I mean, you look at since week nine against boundary wide receivers, fifth fewest PPR points per target, 11th lowest receiving yards per game. None of this spells good times and all the points for Calvin Ridley sit him this week. I know that Gabe Davis is like the roller coaster wide receiver of the season, like he has that title Calvin Ridley might be number two I mean he has not Mm -hmm. had a finish this season between I think it's our uh, wide receiver nine and wide receiver 27 every other game he has been either Mm -hmm. ahead or behind those numbers so there's just no wide receiver two finishes that he's had all year it's it's actually kind of stunning that a wide receiver could do that in a season uh it's, you hit the nail on the head, man. He's got four weeks as a wide receiver one this year, um, and he's got five games outside of the top 50. Yeah. Fun times, fellas. Fun times. Erickson, what do you make of Ridley this week? I mean, I want to play him. I mean, yeah, he's we've been calling him Gabe Davis South for a while. <laughs> like, that, like, that's who he has been God, all season so long. So <laughs> I, actually, you know, as a, as a take for, for next year, I think that Calvin Ridley could actually be like this year's like Cortland Sutton where everybody was a year or two early on him, you know, first year coming back again, inconsistent. But when you just look at like his usage, again, I don't know what is exactly his expected fantasy points is, but I'm sure it's really high because every single week he sees high value targets. He sees a ton of air yards, he sees a ton of the end zone targets, the red zone targets. And that's what Cortland Sutton saw a lot last year, but he just didn't convert on those opportunities. So again, he's going to be discounted heavily next year because of how inconsistent he's been. But it may be a case of, hey, man, like he missed so much time in football. Like, why are we surprised that he was a little bit rusty and inconsistent? So just something to keep in mind as we uh, move forward. But in this particular matchup, uh, <laughs> I don't want any pieces of Calvin Ridley. Erickson, give you a guess. Where do you think Calvin really is? Wide receiver what in expected fantasy I, points for game? I, he's you def- made me look this up and, oh, good Lord, I'm so intrigued. <laughs> he's definitely inside the top 10. I'll say seven. Oh, he's close. Uh, wide receiver, 16. Oh, maybe. 16. Woo-hoo! I thought he'd be higher, yeah. actually. Um, yeah. But still, yeah. And versus his, his actual, which is what, like in the 30s, probably. Yeah, he is uh, actually he's wide receiver, 28 in fantasy okay. points per game. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 20. He's wide receiver, 25 in total fantasy points. But that's because he's played uh, he every week. games. Surprisingly, yeah. <laughs> that's one thing. He uh, actually has been healthy. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is. Something. Uh, Erickson, give me your next must-sit receiver. Uh, George Pickens. Uh, you cannot start George Pickens if Mitchell Trubisky is anywhere near the football in, in a in a game. So if you just look at historically this year and last year in the games where Trubisky's played the most snaps, looking at the targets Pickens has in those games, three, two, seven, three, five, and six. So like you're betting on, okay, Pickens <laughs> is going to get like five targets, maybe Fryermuth gets more targets. Deontay Johnson gets more targets. Like you're just razor thin margins with George Pickens. And it was shocking last week. They'd actually caught five passes. 
Um, but he got 19 yards against the Patriots. Like, and that was a good matchup. So again, the Colts necessarily aren't this juggernaut defense that I'm super afraid of, but they're still allowing the eighth fewest receptions per game to wide receivers. So I just don't want to put any trust I have in Mitchell Trubisky with George Pickens. Again, he had five catches last week for 19 yards. Like, what are you missing by benching George Pickens? There's just no upside without the amount of volume that he's going to get because he's going to be behind Deontay. And Debro hit on it earlier when we were talking about some of these Steelers running backs where, you know, they're going to run the football. Like, that's, I think, their game plan, not, hey, let's unleash Mitchell Trubisky. Like, we saw that on Thursday night. It did not work. And Mike Tomlin, again, you know, that seat is hot. Like, he's like, man, I got to get the ball out of Trubisky's hand into my running back. So I'm going to sit George Pickens. Erickson, you don't want to invest in George Pickens, who uh, his A dot last, and this this floored me when I oh, pulled yeah. this up for the primer. Crazy. His A dot <laughs> was 3.2. I, <laughs> I got no words, no, trust man. Me, I was annoyed because I, I had the under on his receptions props. I'm like, why is he getting all these screen passes? <laughs> like, this is like, we've crazy. never seen this before. It obviously didn't work crazy. because he got 19 yards. Um, but yeah, don't play George Pickens. Yeah, you guys are all in lockstep with him uh, outside the top 40. So we, we can move on from Pickens to Debro's next player, who I don't understand why he's ranked as high as he is in consensus. He's basically the twin brother of Calvin Ridley, um, except maybe the ugly twin brother. Eh, we'll see. Oh, rude. Uh, man, Terry McLaurin's season has been terrible. It's it's He's gotten a boatload of volume and he's done absolutely nothing with it. You look at this year, 19% target share, 1.4 yards per route run. I mean, he hasn't finished as a top 36 wide receiver in fantasy since week nine. That just, just let that soak in for a second. Why do we keep ranking him and we see him in ECR like in the 20s, the high 20s? Like, th- there's just no way, man. Like, especially if you look at the Rams since week nine. Perimeter wide receivers, ninth fewest PPR points per target. Like, if you're looking for a commander's wide receiver to start on a weekly basis in the playoffs, it is not Terry McLaurin. It's actually Curtis Samuel. Yeah, Debro, it's it's worse than you said. He hasn't finished in in the top 42 in the last, you know, since week nine. It's been so wide bad. receiver 50, 42, 46, 119. But he's not pairing it with the high-end games either. His best finish this year is wide receiver 15. He doesn't have any wide receiver one finishes on the season. This is in half PPR, by the way. He has not topped 15 points in a game this season. Again, in half PPR. I mean, it's it's just been bad. Like, he's, he's, he's not playable. I don't understand why he's ranked in the top 30 in ECR right now. Erickson, where do you have him? I have him right around 30. Um, and I think I, that— I just don't get it. Well, I mean, I think it's just looking at the total of the game. Like, I mean, this has a 50 point total essentially against the Rams. Like this game's probably going to shoot out. And again, you're talking about McLaurin. He doesn't score. He hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. Like you could say you make the argument that's going to regress just based on the amount of volume that he's seeing. I mean, he's two weeks removed from an 11 target game. We know Sam Howell loves to throw the football and yeah, he's been really bad, but eventually those opportunities are going to convert into some type of production. And what better bet to make than in a game with like a 50 point total? where they're going to have to be throwing the ball. I and mean, you look at the Rams, like they've been really, they've been a lead against slot receivers. Like, so is it really a Curtis Samuel game? Like, why can't it be a McLaurin game? So I think that he still has upside. Um, but yeah, I understand. I, I understand more why he's doing wide receiver 30. 
I mean, to, yeah, to be fair, I probably wouldn't be starting. It's not like I'm saying, oh, you need to start Jahan Dotson instead. Or, or I, well, I that's what I mean. It's like, it, someone, like Washington's going to funnel targets in the passing game to somebody. So we don't want to start Dotson. It's probably going to just be like a lot of check down San Antonio Gibson or something like like tight end stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's going to be in the middle of the field. Like I, I, I'll straight up say I'll, I'll, I'm going to rank Curtis Samuel over Terry McLaurin. I'm not. I, I've got yeah. Terry McLaurin right now as my wide receiver 41. And considering all of his finishes over the last few weeks, guys, it might be a little bit generous, generous, to be honest. I, I, I love the player and like I have him in a dynasty league Same. where I need to win this week because the playoffs don't start till next week. So like I'm not like I'm a Terry McLaurin guy. I just. I, the proof is kind of in the pudding, right? Like we haven't seen the upside and we've seen a lot of downside really this whole season. Um, like like if I were to come out and told you that Sam Howell was going to be top three in basically every passing metric, we would have all said to be walking into this year, like, look, like if you just knew that that was the only information you had, wouldn't we all say, well, Terry McLaurin's probably a top 20 wide receiver, right? But it, it's not the case. Yeah, I mean, we were aggressive as it is drafting McLaurin and Dotson. I mean, they were both going in the top, what, like six or seven rounds in drafts this year. By the end, Dotson moved up a lot late in August, and obviously that was a huge miss as well. Let's move to the next wide receiver who has also shown a fair bit of downside this season. Erickson. Uh, T. Higgins. Uh, last two weeks, he has five catches for 105 yards. Uh, so the yardage is good. The volume is really bad, though. He has seven targets. Um, he has two games this year where he's been better than wide receiver 30. Um like Higgins, I think I was looking at like an all bust team and he's on it like because he was a second round pick. And I mean, oh, yeah. he's done absolutely nothing. He's been hurt. Joe Burrow has obviously been hurt. And look, if Jamar Chase is going to be inconsistent, then you can't have any faith that T Higgins is going to be consistent in any way. And I know we got a touchdown callback last week, but that actually wasn't from Browning. Like that was from AJ McCarron. Like Browning didn't throw him the ball in the end zone. So Against this Vikings defense that has been just red hot against opposing offenses. If you just look at, they're allowing the sixth fewest fantasy points per game by wide receivers over the last four weeks. I mean, Devontae Adams had done nothing against them the entire game until like the last drive of the game when he caught a long pass. So T. Higgins, like Jamar Chase, you're hoping just delivers because he's so talented. Whereas T. Higgins, I think this is a lost year for him. I feel bad for the guy in real life just because he his fantasy or his free agency stock just tanked because he just put up a horrible season statistically. So someone might get a deal um, in free agency. But yeah, for me, T Higgins, like he's in the like wide receiver thirties. I have him like wide receiver, like 55. Like I I don't want any part of T Higgins. I've got him at 45. Like I'm, I, I'm with you. Maybe 55 is too low, but I'm just like, I, I have him at a point where I'm like, I'm not even considering T Higgins like a, an option this week. Like I'm mm -hmm. like, he's on um, firmly on my bench, if not on my waiver wire. I mean, he, he was wide receiver 34 last week. It was his third best game of the season, <laughs> like by a decent amount. Like that's really all wow. you need to say. Like that's just the kind of year. Now there's been some injuries in there. It's not like he's played every week, of course, but it's just been that kind of year for him. Um, it's really tough. Also just in this matchup specifically, like I don't know that I really trust uh, Browning or McCarron to face off against his Vikings, like pass rush, I think is going to kind of murder them. So like, even if he had been playing well, I would be a little hesitant given, you know, young quarterback and experienced quarterback against a defense like this stylistically. So, yeah, I'm fully with you on T. Higgins. Debra, give us the last must-sit receiver. Well, I talked about him. I loved him last week, and he let me down. I'm not playing Amari Cooper this week. Uh, the target share was definitely there. I mean, look, he got a 31% target share last week, 51% air yard share from Joe Flacco. That volume probably still remains this week, but good luck trying to do anything with it. I mean, again, talk about the Chicago Bears' past defense. 
They're playing out of their minds, man. You look over the last few weeks since week nine, seventh fewest PPR points per target to perimeter wide receivers. Second fewest receiving yards per game to perimeter wide receivers. So people need to understand, toss out all of your pre misconceptions about the bears defense. They've been good against the run all year since week 11, week nine, They've been amazing against the pass. I want nothing to do with the Cleveland Browns offense this week. Quickly, Erickson, where are you at on Cooper? I have him kind of in that just wide receiver two range. Look, every time that I try to doubt this guy, he always like just comes through. So again, I'm not going to rank him super, super low. And I understand if you have to play him. But again, it's not like a, a ceiling spot against, I think, the Bears, who are I think very underrated defensively on, on both the pass and the run. Erickson, Drake London or Brandon Cooks this week? I am going to start Drake London, but I don't feel good about it. George Pickens or T Higgins? <laughs> I believe you have both these guys in the 50s. <laughs> rather start Michael Wilson. I'd rather, like, I don't want to start either <laughs> of these guys. Like, give me a Cardinals receiver that should see volume. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll start. Uh, I guess I probably I have Pickens ranked ahead, so let's go with him. Uh, and then for the folks who get to this show early before Thursday Night Football, is Josh Palmer ahead of both of those guys? Yes. Yeah, I, I figured. Mm. As much, Debro, Amari Cooper or Garrett Wilson? Oh, it's Garrett Wilson. Good Lord, I'm 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 investing Zach in the arm good of Zach Wilson. Eh, versus the Texans. Relative man. to Zach Wilson. Oh, I was fixed to say good for <laughs> Zach Wilson is like, oh, okay. Yeah. You can play quarterback like a D3 guy. Cool. Yeah, I I lost. Uh, well, I have Stroud, like obviously in concussion protocol, so I guess it's not clear yet what's going to happen with him. But I had to pick up Zach Wilson in a couple of leagues for the playoffs this week, which was a very oh, very tough feeling. Good luck, yeah. good luck, Worm. That's all I can say. Good yeah. luck, uh, Calvin Ridley or Terry McLaurin. Ew. Gotta I'll start say Calvin Ridley. Gotta start I'll Terry, go dude. No, I, I would go Ridley, I, honestly, I, even I'm against going, the Ravens defense. I, did, I have no faith in Terry McLaurin. I, and I think other players in this game are going to pop off. I know I've been very down on Brian Robinson and I'm down on McLaurin. That's also because I'm high on some other players for the commanders this week. Let's quickly go through the quarterbacks, tight ends and defenses here. Erickson, who are you sitting? Uh, Tua Tungle Viola. Uh, he's playing the Jets at home. He was QB 26 the last time he played them. Um, he's not been better than QB 9 since week 6. And Terry Kill is banged up. Uh, look, if Hill's not playing, like, you can't stay, play Tua. And even with Hill against the Jets, like, Tua was not that great. So, again, Tua's had a lot of great matchups over the recent weeks and has been okay at best. So, again, I think that the Staffords of the world are better plays than, than Tua is this week. Mm-hmm. And then your tight end in defense? Yep. Uh, so Kyle Pitts is going to be my tight end to sit. He scored last week. Uh, again, it was a great matchup against the Buccaneers. Not the case with the Panthers. Elite defense against tight ends. Allowing second fewest catches per game to tight ends. They've also allowed the fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends aligned in the slot where Kyle Pitts runs a lot of his routes. So he's held a two catch for 44 yards the last time we played the Panthers back in week one. So I want to get away from all Falcons pass catchers if I am able to do so. And then my DST I want to sit is the Jaguars. Ravens have allowed the Fewest points to fantasy DSTs the last four weeks. Sixth fewest on the season. So Jaguar secondary is just so bad. It's going to get roasted by the Ravens. By the way, on to uh, uh, this is why I was kind of fading the idea of trading for Dolphins all season. If you look at the game, you know, with the projected matchups coming up, it's all red. It's Jets. It's Cowboys. It's at Baltimore. 
Week 18 is the Bills, which won't matter for fantasy, but it's a really tough stretch for the Dolphins. Are you starting this week, Tua or Russ Wilson? Um, You know you want to say Russ. Go Russ. Yeah, I guess I'll start Russ Wilson against the Lions. In in Coors Field, the Ford Field of the NFL. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth? Fryermuth. Debro, who you got for quarterback, tight end, and defense? Man, so if I'm down on Ridley, I'm down on his quarterback. Trevor Lawrence, I'm sitting in. Baltimore's been a terrible matchup for quarterbacks all year. They're allowing the third fewest yards per attempt and third lowest CPOE. So sitting Trevor Lawrence, uh, tight end. I don't want people chasing the one-off, um, so I got to bring him up here. Hunter Henry, do, do not pick him up. Do not play him. Do not pass go. Do not collect the Hunter Henry dollars this week. He is not going to lead you to the promised land. Kansas City, sixth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends and sixth fewest receiving yards per game allowed to tight ends. And as far as the defense, man, we started off the year pretty high, and they were playing good. The Detroit Lions... Mm, man Mm -mm. playing terrible as a defense since week 11 their dst 30 in fantasy points per game there's only two defenses worse than them (laughs) there's no way i'm rostering them these guys are back to back in ecr trevor lawrence or jared goff goff we will wrap up there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Good luck here in the first round of the fantasy playoffs, or if your league is still in its regular season, good luck making the playoffs. For Erickson and Debro, I am Ryan Warmly. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. If you love the show, the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts at fantasypros.com slash review or on Spotify. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.